0: and welcome to the
1: hp podcast i'm ben and with me here today is dave hi dave
0: good evening sir ben how are you doing tonight Uh, i'm doing great
1: dave everyone else has abandoned us and by that i mean brandon is on vacation phil is on vacation you and i the schlubs are here working like idiots while everyone else is just out having fun at the beach or something
0: what are we doing I don't know. Why, maybe we could sort of take a vacation into uh, the world of video game news on the uh, on the famous Handsome Phantom podcast. Why don't we? Why don't I, we look at it that way?
1: That's certainly a proposition. <laughs> I, I thought you were going to say, "Why don't you and I go on a vacation together?" And I was all down for that. Well, that too.
0: Hey, is the border back open? No, no, absolutely no. not. You you okay. don't even think about coming in.
1: Well, I wasn't going to come there. I was going to see if I could smuggle you in here. We go jet skiing or something together.
0: Well, I, I you know, I'm I'm planning on coming to <laughs> jet skiing with, with Owen Wilson, right? Yes. <laughs> well, I'm planning on coming down in November. So I'm really, I've got my fingers crossed that we'll be open by then. But uh, yeah, yeah. We, we are still sealed up to the Americans.
1: Mm-hmm. Gotcha. Sounds kind of racist if you ask me, but that's none of my business. Yeah. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> A reminder, thanks to the patrons out there uh, for, you know, being patrons, helping to support the show. Uh, if you are a patron of the show, for as little as a dollar a month, you can get ad-free early access to the show. Uh, at the higher levels, you get early access to some other stuff as well. You can check that out over at patreon.com slash phantom. And whether you're a patron or not, you can join up on the Discord. And uh, you can do that by going over to com slash Discord. And we Dave, we love you all. Oh, well, we love you all, but we love you just a skosh more if you're a patron. Yes. It helps. Yeah. Yes. Let's get into the news and and Dave, I was telling you before the show, we've got some news topics here and they're certainly worth talking about, but mostly I want to use some of these news items to jump into bigger conversations about things. So, let's start off with the fact that the next Assassin's Creed it's going to look a little different. Now, this story is Getting close to being old news, but I think our discussion on it will be interesting. And basically, I mean, this comes directly from the Ubisoft blog. Basically, the idea here is that, one, they announced they are going to have some even more new content coming for Assassin's Creed Valhalla. Uh, But also that Ubisoft Montreal and Ubisoft Quebec are going to be working on Assassin's Creed Infinity. Now, Dave, the most important question I have here is, is it Ubisoft or Ubisoft?
0: I say Ubisoft. I, yeah. I don't know what the correct pronunciation is, but uh, Ubisoft is what I say. What do you feel comfortable with? Well, I've always said Ubisoft. It's a French company, so maybe it's like Ubisoft. Ubi.
1: Uh The reason I don't really know, well, obviously everybody says it a little different, but one time I was at in person at a, a press conference for Ubi. and... One person from the company came out on stage and said it Ubisoft and another person later said Ubi. So I'm like, well, if the people in the company don't know how to say the name, then why should I worry about it?
0: That's a good point. And, and to take it a step further, my first exposure to this company was uh, when I was in like ninth grade, spending my summers playing uh, the original Ghost Recon online with my friends. And uh, that's when it was Ubisoft and... Um, Redstorm Entertainment. But I the way the logo appeared like to me and the way I sort of processed it, I, I just thought it was an acronym and it was UBI Soft.
1: Oh. So I was
0: way off to begin with. So um, yeah, we're, we're we're closer than we've ever been.
1: UBI Soft, UBU Soft. Yeah. I mean, it could be anything. Yeah, whatever you want. Yeah. Well, anyway, the, the way that Assassin's Creed Infinity is going to go is basically it's going to kind of I mean, maybe we could even say this is going to be potentially the last Assassin's Creed game as we know it. And it will come out and it will be more of a living game. And so I imagine, you know, that means they can introduce new heroes. uh, They can introduce new worlds all the time. And especially in the Assassin's Creed franchise, where you have like the possibility for the characters to travel to entirely different dimensions, essentially, or different time periods. You could really do a lot with that. So. Dave, I know that this is a particularly interesting story to me because I am an old-school Assassin's Creed fan, and I like the newer stuff, but you know, not as much as the old stuff. You are also a pretty big Assassin's Creed fan, if I'm remembering correctly.
0: Yeah, you are correct. I would probably describe myself uh, similar to you as you know, I kind of got into the franchise with uh, Assassin's Creed 2. Uh, I've played every single mainline entry since then. Um, I do not, I'm not crazy about the direction the, uh, the franchise has gone in, but, uh, I still seem to play them whether they're annual or every other year. Um, so, so yeah, no, I'm, I'm right there with you. Right. Right. So what do you think about, I mean, first of all, what do you think about
1: this as an entire concept, Assassin's Creed Infinity? And then second, what do you think about, like, what could they do with this?
0: Um, so before I, I touch on the dirty word that is the games as a service, because I know that's what people kind of initially seem to latch onto and, and formulate the negative sort of narrative around this story was that awful dirty word games as a service. So before I get into that, I, when I read this article, I was very happy to hear that uh, what, what I think was kind of lost in the whole point of this whole press release was to say, rather than having these teams work separately on the individual iterations in the franchise, they were going to say, we're going to put these these teams and this talent together to make something that is truly realized, truly fleshed out and, and really, I don't know if they're trying to reinvigorate the franchise because you know, maybe things have gotten stale, but, but, um, you know, I, there seemed to be some, some competing amongst the the development teams when it came to uh, Assassin's Creed Odyssey and Valhalla. So those games were largely being made at the same time. And I think uh, based on what I was reading is those teams were actually competing with each other um, and they weren't sharing assets. They weren't sharing ideas. Uh, they knew they were making similar games, but each one of them wanted their game to be better. So I just think, This is probably going to. This has the best chance to produce something that is of the highest quality, um, which is what I think the franchise needs right now. And again, that's putting the whole games as a service infinity thing aside, uh, but just looking at it from a pure um, human resources and talent point of view. So, yeah,
1: I think that's a yeah, I think that's a really good point that a a lot of people missed when this first came out. Because of course, you get the you know 140 or 280 or whatever it is amount of characters on twitter to read all the headlines and you see that you know the reactions are coming out and the people or the, the headlines are saying like could do be could assassin's creed be going free to play or games as a service or whatever the case is and i think you're right that them talking about that like that just makes good business sense we've had some lackluster games we've had some games that were still phenomenal but weren't quite what the old school fans of the franchise wanted and I think of Odyssey specifically because, I mean, Odyssey was a great game by all accounts that a lot of people loved, but it just didn't have that special sauce that the old games seem to have. And maybe some of that was the setting. Maybe I just had more of an affinity uh, for the the uh, Ezio character as opposed to the new characters. I don't know. But I think you're right that that is a smart thing to do. Uh, now... Okay, so let's say, let's get that out of the way. Yeah, for sure. We know that we're hopefully going to have a better product in the long run. But what about the fact, what about the games as a service? That's the obvious thing that's, I mean, even if it's not a bad thing entirely, that they're going to be doing this, what about the games as as a service thing? Could you see working positively or negatively for Assassin's Creed?
0: Yeah, I and again I'm extremely biased because I'm really into this series and I'll probably play them on launch day for as long as they keep coming out, but um I'm intrigued by this and uh I am not the type of person to see that dirty word games as a service and immediately say oh it's going to be crap, it's just uh you know, a cash grab or it's just going to be constant subscription more and more money every month that kind of thing. So um, I think this is a really intriguing idea because um, if you look at what they have done with Assassin's Creed open worlds, um, the one thing that they haven't been able to do uh, within each game is actually evolve. Um, so this allows them to do that. And some of the rumors going around uh, about what the the next traditional entry in the series was going to be was that it wasn't going to be restricted to one entry. Um, Uh, one spot in time or one specific location in history, um, but rather it was going to sort of move around. So those rumors tied with this announcement that it's going to be a longer lived games as a service really makes sense. And I think, you know, I'm not going to say it's going to work, but combining, um, you know, this announcement with the uh, sort of pooling of of resources and talent um, plus, you know, that evolving setting and, and all that kind of stuff, it, it has potential, and I'm going to follow it. And I'm really intrigued to see what this actually turns into. Um, yeah, I I I don't want to say I'm excited because they haven't shown us anything yet, but they right, they right. talk about um, you know just as a concept. It's 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 worth sort of following along. So yeah, I'm I'm looking forward to this.
1: I agree. I think it could be really cool. I think that also the one thing that just occurred to me is. The obvious thing here, right, is for the world to evolve and for us to get to go different places and stuff. If we could get a a chapter or a season or something like that where we get to revisit some of the old stuff, some of the the stuff in Italy with Ezio and things like that, maybe we don't need to have that specific character or those specific plot lines. But if we can go back maybe for just a little bit or a piece of the story, again, I don't even know how this game is going to work. None of us do. And maybe revisit some of those times I loved more. Maybe that would really get me catapulted into it. Cause I mean, you know, I love the, the Viking storyline. I really like the, the Greece and the, the Rome storylines. I really enjoy those time periods, but there's like, there's nothing quite as special to me as the, the original, you know, the, the origin story, if you will.
0: Yeah. And you know, I, I don't know, if they they'll go back to that well, I, I'm I'm right there with you because again I, I'm I definitely prefer that era of the franchise more than where we are now. But um, just imagine like what they could do with this. So I'm going to use Destiny as an example because it's it's seems to be um, you know probably arguably the most successful games as a service out there because there, there aren't many good examples of it. Um, right not many successful ones i guess but every time a new season starts in destiny 2 like new life is breathed into that game and we get a new season like every three months two months Uh something like that yeah Um, about that so just imagine if like we had this assassin's creed infinity and and you know four times a year every three months whatever it is like our main character like our main modern day character like gets into a new animus and travels to a new time period, uh, and has a brand new assassin, you know, maybe it's not that like far stretching, but if you, you know, you, when you just start to think about all the different possibilities, when they have this evolving experience and, you know, the, the, the biggest issue I think people have had with, um, you know, the current crop of games is that there are these awesome, like grandeur, like massive open worlds, but they just, They get old quick, and I think it's because they're just a little bit too big. So Ubisoft doesn't need to just keep making larger Assassin's Creed games. So giving a smaller seasonal, like, refreshing sort of locations and characters and stuff like that, like, that could be really, really cool. It doesn't need to get bigger. It just needs to get more quality and better.
1: The thing I'm probably the most interested in, And maybe I've said that I'm most interested in something I've said here three times now, but that's beside the point is I when I think of games as a service or living games or whatever, whatever this seems to be, at least if you really dig into it, seems to be moving towards is that most of those games tend to be multiplayer. And I don't know. I mean, obviously, there's been multiplayer components to Assassin's Creed in the past, for better or for worse, I can't really see a future that I'm interested in with Assassin's Creed as solely multiplayer or MMO style or anything like that. Can you think of any ways that that would be? Because I feel like for a game to be a living game, quote, quote, unquote, whatever, that they need to have that tie in with community and friends and the ability to play. But Assassin's Creed has never been about that. Yeah, so I don't know. It's hard for me to envision.
0: No, I I totally agree with you. And even when they've tried it, um, I I have You know, I know the the multiplayer modes that were in Brotherhood and yeah. and then they tried it again in Unity. Um, the, you know, the, for me, it wasn't it wasn't really my thing. I was more interested in the story and the setting and the characters. Um, now, I would argue that. Um, you know, I, I'm primarily a solo player. And when I play Destiny 2, when I play The Division 2, just about 90% of the time I spend playing, I spend playing alone. Yeah. Um, now, I know that's probably not true of most of the player base, but, you know, I think if Ubisoft was able to find some way to have a a multiplayer element there to sort of complement and, and provide as an option, um, but the main features still be largely... Or largely allow people to play on their own, then then they could have something good there. So I don't necessarily think it needs to be multiplayer focused, um, but I certainly think that you know you're right. They they there, there's got to be something multiplayer there if it's going to be a living, breathing sort of service.
1: Yeah, uh, it'll definitely be interesting to watch it unwind because, like I said, we're both fans of the series. I want the game to do well. I just want it to do. I mean, isn't is this too much to ask, Dave? I just want Assassin's Creed to be exactly what I want it to be and not have anything in it that I don't like. I mean, that seems really reasonable.
0: <laughs> exactly. Yeah. No, it's yeah. that's that's completely reasonable.
1: Speaking of something that will not get compared to anything else and will definitely be what every player wants it to be. Uh skipping around in the notes here a little bit is the Nickelodeon All Star Brawl. Uh this got announced was that? Day or yesterday as we're recording. I can't remember now. It's breaking breaking news. It's breaking news. Every day seems like forever. Uh, But basically, we're going to get and this comes from IGN. They exclusively announced it. They revealed it. Nickelodeon All-Star Brawl, a new fighting game featuring characters from Spongebob SquarePants, Rugrats, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, Ren and Stimpy and more. And basically, it looks like this is going to be a brawler, maybe a Super Smash Brothers uh, type brawler with different stages, I would imagine. Uh, it's going to be coming out this fall, as a matter of fact. So now it's it's going to be developed by Ludosity and Fair Play Labs and p- published by Game Mill Entertainment. I'm not sure that I know who those people are. I don't know. I'm sure if I looked at what their other games are, I'd be like, oh, okay, yeah, that's that, those people. But the fact that it's an unknown name developing, uh, you know, IP that many people know and love from childhood, is going to be a little bit controversial, but do you have any love for the old school Nickelodeon stuff or even new school Nickelodeon stuff for that matter?
0: I when I hear the name Nickelodeon, um, I don't really sort of gravitate to it. But now that I'm looking through the list, I guess I just didn't realize what properties Nickelodeon actually owns. So, yeah, um, a a fighting game with SpongeBob SquarePants alone is enough to to to, to be a pre-order for me. That's that'll bring you in (laughs) 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 pre-order. No, but I mean, you just look at some of the, um, you know, the teenage mutant Ninja turtles, uh, wild thornberries, Ren and Stimpy. Um, like there's some pretty cool stuff here. Hey, Arnold Helga. from Hey, Arnold. (laughs) Yeah. Um, like, like that's, I, you know, I don't think anything can, can really challenge something like, um, super smash brothers, but, uh, that, that, that's going to be a hell of a roster i'm not gonna
1: lie it is this gonna be yeah you're right there i i didn't realize until i saw this list that tmnt was owned by nickelodeon are they or do they just have a rights to the ip for gaming i wonder
0: uh it's yeah it's i don't know they're in the list of confirmed fighters so they must just have right. um you know rights for this well back
1: up let's not get ahead of ourselves here michelangelo and leonardo are in the in the list of Con, you know, on the roster, mm-hmm. uh, I don't know where the other two guys are. Uh, also, I think it's funny that the only character from Hey Arnold is Helga. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, granted, she was the one always fighting and, and everything, but there, there's no Arnold, just Helga, and none of the other characters either. So I don't know. Yeah, I mean, I have some nostalgia, some love for some of these characters. Obviously, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, we're all going to love, and we all want a real TMNT game eventually. I suppose the cartoons, the animated series, was probably on Nickelodeon, and, and through that they got rights. But I know the other people have rights to make Ninja Turtle games. Uh, I they have Nigel Thornberry in there. The Wild Thornberrys <laughs> was a, slightly after my time, but not entirely. I really thought they would have put Donnie in there. But with a game like this, you definitely have the opportunity for downloadable content, uh, more stuff on the back end to be able to you know give updates and introduce new characters to the roster and everything. Yeah. You mentioned that you didn't think it would give smash brothers much of a run. And while I don't disagree, I want it to because I love smash brothers, but I just think Nintendo doesn't need to get any more complacent than we've already accused them of being <laughs> uh, in recent months. I don't know. What do you think about that?
0: Um, yeah. I mean, I, I don't know how, how competitive this market needs to be because it's, it's, it's kind of niche to me. Um Yeah but yeah no i mean <laughs> nintendo's gonna be just fine but uh <laughs> no i mean if, if you're going to 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 give them any sort if you're going to get their attention i think this is a pretty good roster to do it with i mean what was the playstation fighting game playstation uh all stars all
1: stars yeah battle royale
0: yeah i seem to recall that being um pretty disappointing from a, a reception standpoint um which again, they, they had a pretty good roster of characters too. Uh, I'm with you on the the concern around the the developer and the publisher because I'm just sort of looking at what they have. Um, Fairplay Labs, I'm seeing like G.I. Joe Operation Blackout. Um, that's the oh, only that-
1: that was the one that came out like this year, earlier this year or last year, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. So it I mean, was abysmal from what I understand. Okay.
0: So um that concerns me. But I mean they they've got a strong roster of characters there, so uh that's yeah. it's definitely something to keep an eye on. Maybe something yeah. something to stream one night. Just something to think about. Something to think about. The way they word it though, about um it's weird looking at it and there being like only two Ninja Turtles and only one character from Hey Arnold. Um, Reptar from Rugrats. They say that this is the first set of confirmed characters, so I wonder if they're getting real cocky and they're and they're and they have like DLC bundles coming with the rest of the Ninja Turtles and uh, Arnold himself will be in there. Um, well,
1: I would imagine. I mean, part of me thinks they don't want you to be able to just have a Ninja Turtles fighting game and you know, have all four (laughs) Ninja Turtles and just literally just the entire four people who are playing are. Yeah. all four Ninja Turtles and, you know, turn into something like that. And they want to give you like, oh, I love the way the Turtles play. Uh, I want to buy that DLC pack in the future. So I have all four of them. I'm sure there's incentives and reasons for doing that. But yeah, that, that's a little disappointing to me that the the characters aren't all going to be together at launch, I suppose. I guess, you know, you have that same kind of thing with, uh, with Smash too. So not yeah. too surprising. Okay, uh, The Witcher 3. Dave, are you a Witcher fan? I can't remember.
0: Uh, I don't know if I can call myself a Witcher fan. Uh, I, I played Witcher 3. Um, I have not played either of the first two, and I love the show. Um, so I guess I'm sort of a bandwagon Witcher fan. But uh, I, yeah.
1: I think that most people who would call themselves Witcher fans, though, are Witcher 3 fans. They're not series fans. Yeah, I, do, I just I don't want to
0: upset the purists, just in case they're <laughs> listening.
1: I'm sure they're out there. Uh, gonna come storm our office for sure. (laughs) Uh, so anyway, the Witcher 3 uh, Wild Hunt, you know, the complete edition, whatever the case is, is getting some updated box art and free inspired, free Netflix show inspired DLC, uh, for the next gen edition. And the way that this is going to work, this comes from Gamatsu, is the next generation edition is going to have. Updated box art, of course, you know, we'll see a new a new skew for the box and everything because of the uh the new hardware, of course. But it's also going to have a bunch of different stuff from the Netflix show. At first I was like, well, the Netflix stuff is based off of the source material that the the game is based off of, but I think there are a lot of conflicts there. But we'll see what that looks like. I thought maybe it'd be some skins or something maybe that different characters could wear, but it seems like it's actually going to be some content for the game. The thing that is really the thing I want to talk about and maybe lead us into a conversation, a larger conversation, is the fact that if you already own the game for PS4, Xbox One, or PC, you'll be able to get the upgrade, including all this stuff and the complete game, of course, for free. So no purchases, no extra purchases, no upgrade fees, whatever. I mean, this doesn't seem like it's going to be a gigantic leap forward for the game or anything. And obviously the majority of people who have already purchased the game uh, and not just the majority of people who are interested, the majority of gamers in the world have already got their hands on the Witcher three in some way, shape or form. But how are you feeling about next gen editions and, and the way that they're rolling those out?
0: Um, so this game launched fairly early in the PlayStation four, Xbox one life cycle. Um, anytime I see a game do something like this, where it sort of starts to bleed into the generation when it came out so early in the previous generation, I immediately start to think, Oh man, here we go again with another Skyrim, uh, sort of grand theft auto kind of thing where, where they just keep re-releasing the game. Um, now again, I absolutely love this game. Um, but it, it, I do, I can't help but go, why do you have to do this? (laughs) I, I don't know if, if, you know, CD Projekt Right is a little desperate right now because of Cyberpunk. Uh, mind you, they what, were... what do you
1: mean? I can't imagine what it would possibly be wrong with that game. <laughs> Apparently... It they... was the highest-selling game in June.
0: Yeah, it, yeah. So, you know, they re-released on PlayStation 4 Digital Storefront, and it, it went right to the top of the charts. But anyways, it's... Uh, I, I I do love the way they do this with, with their free um, DLC content, and anytime I hear the words Witcher and DLC, I get really excited because I, I will <laughs> say hand on heart that... Hearts of Stone and Blood and Wine are my hmm. favorite DLC probably of all time. I haven't played a ton of DLC, but the, of what I have, th- that's great. So, And again, yeah. I love the show. So if the DLC is directly connected to the show, then I really want to know what that's going to look like. Um, same with you. If it's free, then I, I don't have high hopes that it's going to be a massive sort of expansion. But uh, um, yeah, I'll certainly have a look.
1: Yeah. It kind of makes me wonder, though, uh, as far as like all the other next gen updates that are coming out. So we have the Ghost of Tsushima update that's coming out. It's going to require an additional fee to upgrade. We have the Death Stranding next gen update, which is called Director's Cut, which this isn't in the, in the notes or anything. But Kojima apparently came out and said he didn't like that phrasing for it because it's not a director's cut. It's more content. Uh, so of a, sh-
0: like a director's plus
1: something like that. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so that's interesting in and of itself that he was kind of disparaging the, the naming convention that I assume PlayStation probably had a large part in because they own the IP. Uh, so I would imagine that that's disheartening for him in some way, but also he's kind of, he's kind of a mixed bag as far as the things he says and when he says them too. So, but it just keeps, it makes me think about the fact that like any PS five upgrades uh, with a few exceptions, any first-party or second-party ones for sure, they are charging for one way or another. Pretty much, if you play anything on Xbox and it gets a next-gen upgrade, you're going to get that one for free. And part of that's because of smart delivery. And so, a couple things come to mind. Like obviously, The Witcher, like PC and Xbox, were going to get free upgrades regardless. So you would have been sticking out the PlayStation people out the dry. Uh, so I'm sure that was part of their decision making. Uh, You're right about the fact that they're probably trying to gain back some goodwill from the cyberpunk fiasco. Uh, And then there's also the reality that they have made so much money off this game that they don't have to worry about it. But I'm just a little trepidatious, I guess, about next gen editions. You're right about this crossing over between generations. And this will probably happen for another year or two at this point when you cross over between editions or you have games that are uh, put out on, let's say, PS4 and PS5 are we going to see uh, a lot more people maybe adopt this model and, hey, let's give them the upgrade for free regardless of their system? Or is this an anomaly? Are we just going to keep seeing, you know, I I just don't want to keep seeing more games come out and say, oh, it's only 10 more dollars to get the features that we already have ready. Uh, That, you know, by all accounts, I don't think, unless they're doing asset swaps, weren't entirely difficult to to produce as a a new SKU. I don't know. It's interesting.
0: Yeah, and I I needed a, a a chart and a graph to to actually understand what the hell the ghost of Tsushima thing was. Um, oh, have
1: you did you listen to last week's episode that I, you were not on?
0: I have not listened to it yet, no. Okay,
1: well you you don't need to or anything, but Brandon was like so incredibly confused. And I mean, I was confused until I read up on it. But on the show he was like, "Wait, they're doing what? Why would they do that?" You know, yeah, anyway, a chart and a graph.
0: It it's 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 just getting confusing and it's the same thing. So, so I didn't play Death Stranding and there's this, this director's cut coming out, but I'm unsure how, like, you know, am I buying the PS4 version or am I getting an upgraded one? Or it's just, it's just getting confusing. So like when CD Projekt Red makes things simple for us like this, where they're like, you know what, if you happen to miss the, miss the Witcher 3 and you have an gen console, cool. Here's an next gen version. If you have the right. old version of the game and you want to try out this new content, it's yours absolutely free. Um, I get that publishers and developers are businesses and they need to make money, but you know, even at the very least, if the Ghost of Tsushima thing, if they could have just come out and said that this is just DLC, it's just the Icky Island expansion, it's thirty bucks. That's all I need. Like yeah. the whole upgrade, like like crossing these lines. If you if it's if it's just like backwards compatible with my PS5, then I'm happy with that. Like we don't need to get into all this stuff. Um, So I I appreciate the fact that CD Projekt Red seems to have made this so simple um, because I don't need a graph to understand this. I just, it just, it sounds like a bit more content. And if I have the game, then I get it free. Even if they said it's 10 bucks of DLC that ties into the show. Cool. That's simple. I like that. Right. I appreciate that as a consumer. (laughs)
1: <laughs> right. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Simplicity is important because a lot of people I think specifically we're talking about the ghost DLC or the expansion or the upgrade or whatever. A lot of people are going to buy the expansion thinking that they're also getting the PS5 version and in reality they still got $10 to go or they're going to buy the $10 upgrade and be like, where's the expansion? Why don't they have the DLC? Because it's just like, it's not 100% clear. Yeah. Now, as time goes on, it becomes more clear. To a lot of people, I think that not necessarily what's going on, but that they're getting screwed (laughs) in the long run. Uh, But yeah, it's just it's fascinating. But it does make I mean, obviously, some of these games are not on Xbox, but it's it makes the Xbox so much more appealing when you realize that you have whatever system you're playing it on. If it can play on that system, you have that version.
0: Yeah, I'm not gonna going to get into nice. this, but but you're you're absolutely right, and this is just one of the many areas where PlayStation is starting to stumble with their messaging. So it's yeah. just it, it, like I should not need this much explanation to understand what this Ghost of Tsushima thing is and why I need to pay thirty dollars for it. So yeah, yeah, it's definitely appreciated.
1: Speaking of which, I uh, I'm on the I'm on the prowl. I've only started looking in the last couple of days for a Series S, Dave. I know you're you're getting an Xbox or you wanted to get an Xbox at least um, coming up. But I don't need I don't need or want a Series X because I have a PC that can run all those games already at all the highest stats. It's fine. I'm great with it. But the Series S, I just like it's cheap enough that I can get it. And if there's a game, I want to sit on my recliner and play it with a controller and not think about sitting in my computer chair and learning the mouse and keyboard control, whatever then I can uh, I can do that. But so anyway, if you know,
0: have you uh, or have you been able to find them or
1: I've literally like last week, I saw a couple pop up and I was like, yeah, maybe. And then this week I was like, OK, I want I mean maybe starting on Sunday. I was like, all right, I'm going to get a series S. And ever since then, I haven't seen a single one pop up. So I'm not really like diehard looking for them either, but.
0: I know this wasn't on our topic list, but I would like to discuss this for a second, if you don't mind. Uh, so Let's go for it. First of all, since you're looking for them, it's interesting because I actually just saw my first out in the wild. Uh, oh, on, really? On Walmart shelves just this last weekend. And then yesterday I saw another two on 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 the shelf at a, a computer store that I go to near work. So um, they are starting to pop up. <clears throat> I check for Series X's quite a bit, and the Series S always seems to be in stock in, in our area, so Interesting. Um, I guess you guys probably talked about the Switch OLED last week. We did, but we can talk about it a little more if you want. We don't need to, but um, I I have a real hard time with this whole mid-gen upgrade thing, where it's yeah. like I feel a small, small part of me feels the you know, the FOMO of not wanting to buy the same console over again. So when it comes to the Series S, I know at some point in the next three, maybe four years, Microsoft is going to come out with a mid-gen upgrade. And when that happens, if I've only spent 379 Canadian dollars on this, you know, this sort of baby step into the Xbox next-gen ecosystem, then maybe... Um, you know, the feeling of actually, you know, buying that Xbox X plus or whatever it might be, Xbox series (laughs) X plus, whatever. Um, that might not be so bad and it might not be that bad of a path because, you know, you're going to get the, the early, um, Microsoft, uh, generation exclusives and they're going to be fine on the series S, you know, maybe halfway through the generation, they're going to start to lag behind a little bit. And then you're like, you know what? I've only spent $300 in my series S. So, um. This doesn't seem like such a bad idea, so right. I'm I'm starting to look at it from that sort of lens, and I might be right there with you when you make that purchasing decision <laughs> because it's nice. uh, it's such a cool little console. If you're just going to subscribe to Game Pass, you're going to get so much value out of the thing. So, um, yeah, why not?
1: Yeah, I mean it's it's one of those things where like I don't need an Xbox. I can play all the Xbox games I want to play on my PC and frankly at probably as good or better quality with the, with the rig I have. Fortunately, I've been very fortunate in what I've been able to acquire for my, for my PC. So I think that I, I don't really need it in that sense, but it's just the convenience factor. You know, got a little extra money for my birthday from my mom. Sister gave me a father's day gift card. Like I'm willing to just like, okay, you know what? I want this kind of, I might as well go for it. And it's i'm already paying for game pass and so it's like i don't ever have to buy a game for it unless i really want to and it's a it's a way for me to just like i've got a controller from my xbox one actually just sitting right here next to me at the computer which is because that's where i use it sometimes because i don't use my xbox one at all but i you know i've already got two controllers that way if i get a if i get an xbox so if I get a, a Series S. So yeah, it's a, it's a nice little jump into that ecosystem, like you're saying. And you're right, when they come out with that next gen or that mid-gen upgrade, hey, if I want to bump up, I can. If I don't, whatever, this is sitting here. And they're talking now about some of the games that need more powerful hardware already, to some extent, for the Xbox One, like Microsoft Flight Sim, about trying to make those cloud-enabled. And while I'm not a cloud gaming guy, for the average consumer, being able to continue to use my Xbox and just play that beefy game on the cloud and get, you know, similar performance. That's pretty appealing too.
0: Yeah. So yeah, there's it a lot of pros. It's just a great little like second console. And again, if you're okay with 1080p 60, which is what you're going to get, I know they say 1440p. Right. Um, and especially for someone like you, like you've got your PlayStation five, you've got your high end PC, Right, you got another TV somewhere in the house? Like, why not? So, is this right. uh, episode sponsored by Microsoft? Or uh,
1: actually, I ha- I'm getting a tattoo tomorrow that they're paying for. <laughs> uh, so <laughs> it's funny because early on, I think my first console, between the two at least, obviously was the PlayStation One. And that was my first Xbox or or game, or, uh, or PlayStation. Uh, of course, the PlayStation came out first. So, but then I. Uh, I was primarily a PlayStation gamer through the one and two. And then when the 360 was out, even though that was out at a similar time as the PS two, I switched over and I was almost entirely Xbox for that entire gen. I ended up getting a PS three when GTA five came out, which by the way, GTA five, yes, it came out two series two consoles ago. I ended up getting a PS three because somebody was getting a PS four and sold me their PS three along with like Diablo three and like, I think I got it for like 200 bucks, including like three or four games that had released in the last month, just because they were going to the next console. And then PS4, I got slightly after launch and that became my main one again, because they stumbled so hard with the Xbox uh, with the, or no PlayStation was ramping up so well after the 360, And when they went into the Xbox one, I was like, no, nah, I'm switching the PlayStation for a while. So it, and now I have a PS five and it's definitely my main console. I mean, PC is my main platform, but between the two, the, the PS five is definitely my main, but I mean, with all the cool stuff, Xbox is doing, it's almost worth the 300 bucks to me just to be a part of the conversation. And I mean, like, I don't, I'm not really a diehard. Uh, I know you, I know you're more so, uh, MLB, the show guy, but like that alone is almost like, oh, well, you know, that's 60 bucks. I can take off the 60 or 70 bucks. I can just take off the price of this because I would have bought it for a different console probably than not paying and Outriders. And, you know, I'm sure there'll be more to come to. So I don't know when I am already paying for all the games. I'm already paying for Ultimate like an idiot, even though I don't even use anything. But the PC uh, Game Pass, it's kind of like, well, I just buy the console and I have a bunch of free games to play. I'm already paying for them. So interesting stuff
0: you know did you see that thing on on twitter i think it was two weekends ago where everybody was joking about um to sponsor tweets for uh yeah 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 i guess that's bled into the show now but
1: well yeah but i'm not joking
0: (laughs) (laughs) it's it's real all right
1: uh talking about things bleeding uh no I i don't know where i was going with that at all The next thing is, uh, and this might end up being the most of the rest of the show, or maybe it's five minutes and we're done with it. But I want to kind of talk about Tencent because there's two stories this week in the news about Tencent that are really interesting to me. One is just a quick tweet that we don't really have a lot of additional information on just released today. And the other is a bit more of a long story on Tencent and what they're doing with uh, miners. So, real quickly there's a, there's a story on it's on sixth tone um i don't really know a lot about this website but i've seen it reported on other websites so i went back to this source basically they're they're basically launching a way for children and teenagers to not have access to video gaming certain times of the day and i'm imagining this is going to be primarily on mobile, but I'm sure it's going to make its way on the PC and maybe even consoles, depending on the capabilities of the consoles. But basically they're launching a facial recognition technology to detect minors gaming at night. And as we know, like they have a very different culture when it comes to gaming, obviously in the U S and Canada, there is still a, oh, gaming's for kids kind of mentality, but that's changing. And has been changing for a few years in China. Gaming is almost a blight to many people because there must be, you know, everybody has different tendencies and there must be more tendencies in Asian cultures to become uh, totally enveloped. Like we hear, they're very rare, I'm sure, but we hear stories about, you know, South Korean uh, gamers spending their entire lives in the the gaming uh, cafes. And there was a story one time about people selling their children into slavery. Like, you don't hear those kinds of stories in the U.S., although I'm sure those things happen and people definitely throw away their lives for, all sorts of addictions, you know, including games. But basically, if you refuse to partake in the facial verification, they will treat you as a minor and they will kick you offline if you're playing outside of the certain periods of night. And I don't know exactly what those periods of night are, but basically you'll have to go through a facial screening and register with your real name And they won't let you play at night. They won't let you play during certain times of the night or for a certain amount of time during the middle of the night. And like I said, anyone who refuses to do that facial verification, which it may not be an option at all in the future, doesn't get to be treated as an adult or whatever. I don't know how you feel about it, but I don't like it. And I don't think it'll be long with Tencent having all their fingers into the American uh, or I should say the Western game markets before that kind of stuff potentially makes its way into our side of the globe.
0: The so I, I can't see that happening. Um just because I'm sure there has to have been some sort of government intervention where maybe, you know, uh some official body came to Tencent and said, look, we have this serious, serious problem with with probably just, you know, society in general and and i think the best way for us to deal with this is to restrict what people do at a very young age um i have a real hard time thinking that any western government would would engage you know a company like Tencent to do something like this um for our own sort of population so i got to think this is sorry this this problem is all driven by League of Legends and, and Honor of Kings, I guess, is an, it's got to be another big one for, for Tencent. Yeah, absolutely. Um, but yeah, <laughs> it, it, it's it's got to be a massive problem if you've contracted the business that's making the game to get people to stop consuming your product. Obviously, well, a very certain you know sect of the population um, in right. in it being you know minors. But uh, wow, that's yeah, that's that's pretty crazy. That's that's insane. I, I think I mostly
1: agree with you and your take. The only thing I'll say is that the way that Chinese companies typically work is that if they are a, a large company, and let's say that, yeah, well, okay, let's just start there. If they're a large company, traditionally, someone from the, on the board of directors or whatever, someone from the government actually or the government itself has a seat on the board of that company. So essentially what would be equivalent to like being a publicly traded company. So Tencent actually has government representation on their board and is in some capacity, whether that's a large or small capacity, has government control of Tencent and many other Chinese companies as well. So that's the one thing I would say is they may not have, it may not have been the government came to Tencent and said, you should do this. It may just be that the government has its hands so far into Tencent that they're doing this out of their own accord. So I don't know. I think it is a, it's a scary thing. I mean, China is a scary place right now. I think in a lot of ways, obviously there's a lot of good things about China too. Don't get me wrong. I'm not bashing China. Uh, I will bash the Chinese government, but I just think that it's like, I don't know why. I I also see a lot of loopholes, loopholes there. Like unless they re-verify you every time you're playing, can you just like, Hey dad, uh, could you verify my account so I can play at night? You know, and Dad doesn't care because he's also playing at night, so who knows but it it could be interesting for sure,
0: yeah, it's definitely scary um anytime you hear something like this coming out of of ten cent and them actively tracking uh your face on your camera and using that facial <laughs> recognition. It's a little bit shady um but <clears throat> I mean, if they're trying to deal with a problem, then sure, then that's sure. one thing, but it's it's still. It feels. It just feels weird.
1: There's a lot of facial recognition stuff. I mean, they must have some decent technology in China. That I mean, because think about all the apps that are that are out right now. Like, well, first of all, there's TikTok, which you know, we know a lot of stuff about TikTok and and their ties to the Chinese government. Hey, sp- but...
0: Speak for yourself, man. I don't know nothing about. TikTok. <laughs> That's true.
1: Okay. Uh, the either there's a, there's the other apps like that. Uh, Wombo. I don't even remember what it's called, but it basically will will do a, uh, it'll make you look like like a picture of someone, make them look like they're singing through facial animation. Uh, there's all sorts of, anytime you see an app that comes out and it like wants a picture of you and then can manipulate it in some way or anything, like you you look and it's almost always a Chinese company. And you know, like they say in their terms of service that they're using that for facial recognition uses. And maybe to some extent, that's to help build other AI and stuff like that. And some of those things, can be hugely helpful and beneficial in our society and everything. But then you wonder like, why is China so dead set on getting a picture of everybody's face in every single angle that could possibly exist? Yeah. Uh, that's an interesting thing too. The other thing about 10 cents specifically, and this just came out and this is just via a tweet. Uh, Julian Ropke, Ropke, something like that just tweeted this today and he works for uh, build B-I-L-D is the tag on Twitter. Uh, I don't, it's a it's a Russian site, I believe. At any rate, oh, no, it's a German site, sorry. Uh, so this says, quote, According to information exclusively obtained by Build, Chinese internet company Tencent is trying to buy German game developer Crytek for more than 300 million euros via a European subsidiary. Crytek supplies several Western armies with military simulation programs, Multiple employees of Crytek based in Frankfurt are afraid that if their company is sold to China, their software will be used for military purpose by the PLA, or China will use its ownership of the company to spy on Western militaries and arms manufacturers using CryEngine. Including, According to our investigators, Tencent, claiming to be an independent company, is highly pro-CCP, and already, and that's the Chinese Communist Party, and already in 2017 promised to the Chinese leadership that it will raise its party member share sharply from 23% at this time. Uh, That's how much of the company, the Chinese government actually owns uh, of Tencent, especially in leading company positions. No one wanted to respond, including Tencent or Crytek, but apparently they got contacted. uh, This publication got contacted by some of the employees at Crytek about the fear of being taken over. So this could just be, you know. Trouble brewing. They wanted to have a story. Maybe there is some legitimate concern that they have, whatever. Uh, but I wouldn't really put it past Tencent or the Chinese government to try to one. I mean, we know they're buying up game developers, and hey, maybe it's entirely possible that China wasn't even aware that they did stuff for foreign governments, or especially uh, people who are not their necessarily their allies. But I would say it's unlikely Tencent doesn't know anything they want to know. Uh, what do you think? I mean, it's kind of crazy that China could have access to military simulation programs. Which, first of all, it's crazy that a video game developer is making military simulation programs that we are using in, you know, the U.S., presumably Canada, presumably uh, England, Europe in general. But second of all, that, that China, who even if you're allies with them, you don't really trust them, would have access to.
0: Well, let's let's let's. Address the elephant in the room here, Ben. Uh Tencent just wants to answer the question that we've all asked many times in the past: Is can Tencent run crisis? <laughs> <laughs> I had that for a while. This I is yeah. Did. It's 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 a nice light uh, set of topics we've we've chose to round out yes, for our episode yes. here today. But uh yes. yeah, that is, that is what like when I first you know read this in the show notes, I thought okay, so um Crytek doesn't seem to have done a whole lot they did uh the hunt showdown series is the really only big one but then when i read that they were actually doing military work i was like okay that's why they're not doing many games and the fact that tencent of all people might be able to you know tap into whatever the hell they're doing um yeah i'd be worried too this is that's wild it's (laughs) it's very wild
1: not that i'm going to accuse china of any kind of terroristic activities although we have reason to believe that there are some crazy things going on in China right now. But I mean, if you remember some of the people who were responsible for different uh, bombings and terrorist activities on September 11th in the U S there's evidence to point that they were using flight simulators, not even military flight simulators, just flight simulators in general, highly realistic ones to learn how to pilot planes and to practice that, uh, as well as doing, you know, flight programs and actually learning real time how to, how to fly planes. Uh, Not necessarily in the U S but there was certainly some of that. So you can just imagine if someone was able to take civilian tools or civilian hobby project projects, uh, like games and essentially restrict our freedoms for decades to come, That with a military training program who knows what they could do Who knows what they, what kind of Intel they could garner. Yeah. And there's UFOs now, Dave, There's freaking UFOs. Like it could be China. I don't know.
0: And Obama's talking about them. I mean, I, I, I don't know. How,
1: I, I need to get Alex Jones on this podcast. No, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. <laughs> I,
0: I don't know how much vital Intel that a privately held German video game company. Sorry. Crytek is German. Yes. German video game company really has um that can be of 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 a threat to sort of global peace you know that tencent might be using for nefarious things so uh, i'll use that as my 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 reason not to get too alarmed about this right Right. (laughs) um but it is it is it is very weird to think that uh it just if you just take the time to wrap your mind around some of the the stuff that you know the tentacles that tencent has in and different things around the world and, and you know as you mentioned with the previous story you know the amount of government control they have from the communist party you know not just closely connected to the organization but actually working from within it's it's pretty wild it's, it's yeah. wild
1: and, and I have to imagine you know hopefully this is the case but if there was any real security concerns there has to be some way for like let's say the US is like oh they're going to find out how our this specific plane is set up and we don't want them to know that, then there's got to be a button that you know Joe Biden can push and it just erases all the servers at Crytek, you, you know, whatever the case is, and if they're worried about uh, the CCP getting their hands on it. But I don't know. It's interesting nonetheless. And, and regardless of whether there's anything really there for them to be gained or for them to use against anybody, the fact that they want to get their hands on it in some way, shape, or form, is is interesting to say the least. So
0: the opinion. story didn't actually say what they were purchasing Crytek for. Um,
1: the amount of money, or
0: no? I mean, like, uh, yeah. Tencent... It just says they
1: want to buy the by the developer, okay. which well, you know, what you assume would include all their IP and their works and stuff like that. Um, their engines,
0: yeah. I mean, Tencent, from a public standpoint, is is primarily a video game company, um, so. Let's just hope they just want to. They want to make crisis. What was the last crisis? Crisis three. So they just yeah. Ten Cent cent wants Crisis four. Let's let's stick with that so we can all sleep tonight and not go down a YouTube rabbit hole.
1: (laughs) Oh man, I already like I don't even have YouTube open and I know it's just like populating right wing uh, conspiracy videos all over the place. But Dave, real quick, before we wrap up, what have you been playing?
0: Um. I have been playing nothing, and you know why ben? Oh, why? Because on Monday morning i I completed my first uh, Souls game, so
1: Dave, yeah. a round of applause for Dave there. I'm pretty happy um yeah.
0: yeah, so i I finally finished I, I don't want to say finally, like it didn't take me a long time, but but completing a game like that for me, and that's my first Souls game that I've actually played from front to back. Uh, it helps. I paid full price for it, so I, I wanted yeah. to get my money's worth. Um, but yeah, I, I I sort of took a breath and said that that was that was a stressful gaming experience. So um, I, I got it. I'm gonna go play Hubroxy or something just to, just to relax yeah. after that. But
1: well, I heard that game's garbage. You <laughs> I mean.
0: um, no, it was it was. I, yeah, so, I mean, I, I'm in the market for, for a video game, so if, if you're a video game and you're looking for somebody to play you, then then hit me up because I, I do not know what to play next. I don't nice. have anything in my backlog. Um, really? What, what kind of creature are you? Yeah, I'm really weird like that. If I, I will at most have two games on the go at any given time. Um, what I'll do is I'll buy one game, I'll get about halfway through it, and then I'll probably end up buying another game, and then, you know, I like to finish those two before I even think of buying something else. Right. Um I do not consider games I've gotten for free as part of my backlog, so like any right, right. PlayStation Plus or you know Handsome Phantom stuff I I don't. So yeah, I have nothing in my backlog. All I all I really pick up and play uh since I beat Demon Souls was a uh, bit of bit of Cold War. Um so yeah, I um I've,
1: I've heard that Plague Tale that was a PS Plus game recently. Uh, is a is a good game. I mean, if you're just looking for a game to play, period, that you haven't played before, I mean that any of those PlayStation Plus games that you haven't played that you already have, I mean, maybe they're not in your backlog, but you're technically your backlog, but hey, what, why not just check them out with uh, having to buy
0: them? You know, yeah, and I, I was actually eyeing that yesterday. Got to add it added to the download list. I don't know if I'm going to play it right now because, again, after playing a game like Demon's Souls, something like Ratchet & Clank would be absolutely perfect right now. You know, fun, upbeat, cute, easy. Uh, don't really want to spend the money on that right now, but... Um, but yeah. Yeah, so... I don't know. That's that's a pretty big feather in my in my gaming. I got my first platinum a couple of weeks ago, and I, I know man, game. I'm 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 on the up and up. I'm I'm feeling good.
1: If you keep this up, you might get your real gamer badge <laughs>
0: in the mail. Uh, they're
1: they're handing them out. Yeah, yeah, they'll send it to you uh, on a plaque or something. If you get Canada
0: Post, fifteen to thirty of paper. working days.
1: Cool. <laughs> uh, so speaking of Ratchet, I just played Ratchet over the last week and uh, played it and platinumed it. Uh, in about three or four sittings. Now, one of those sittings, I was sick as a dog that day, and basically all I did all day was just played Ratchet. So it's not a terribly long game, but the way I play games is really long because I like to 100% everything, every world as I can uh, when, when it's available to me to do so. So I played Ratchet. Uh, I love that game. You're right. It's a very lighthearted, easy, if you would, if you want to say, game uh, with a lot of charm. You played Ratchet 2016, right?
0: Uh, I did not.
1: No. Oh, okay. And that's free. Well, that's, a,
0: that's free on PS5, isn't it?
1: That's another one. Yeah. Yeah. You could play that one too. And it's, I mean, honestly, if you're going to play the new ratchet, I would play the 2016 one first. Cause it's definitely, you know, it's, they're very similar. They're very similar games. They don't play terribly differently with the exception of the riffs in the new game. And it just got a 60 FPS patch. And I'm sure it would run great on your PS5 and, and be a delight for you. Uh, so I played and beat that. I have been playing Returnal a little bit, although I haven't played it nearly as much as I wanted to uh, because I was trying to get Ratchet done specifically because there was a um, spoiler cast I had to edit for that. So I've been playing that and then uh, still playing Biomutant. And of course, always Sea of Thieves, which I've been having more fun in than ever, which I didn't even know was possible. Uh, so Dave, you got to play Sea of Thieves with me at some point here.
0: Yeah, it, it'll be the first thing I download if I if I join you in the Xbox Series S Club, um, S Club, huh, S Club Seven. There you go. Oh
1: wow, that's, um, that's a blast from the past.
0: So I I follow this uh, right my my favorite Twitch stream. Sorry, second favorite Twitch streamer next to uh, at Ben is Handsome. Um, <laughs> he's a Destiny streamer, but he's been doing some um, variety lately, and he got a PlayStation Five. And he said he beat Returnal in 16 hours, uh, and he only died four times.
1: Yeah, I've seen people who are able to do that. And part of the issue, for better or for worse, depending on how you want to look at it, with Returnal, is it's highly RNG dependent. So some people are able to fly right through, depending on what power-ups and guns and everything they get throughout the the playthrough. And other people uh, just suffer through for... 60, 70 hours to beat it. Interesting. I see. And also, I think it's highly skill dependent too.
0: Yeah. And he streamed the entire thing. I just wasn't able to watch it, but, uh, right. but yeah, I never thought of that. Um, yeah, no, that's, uh, That's that's cool. And I'm happy to hear that that Returnal is consistently running well on your on your your, on your brand new PlayStation 5 or or your, your healed PlayStation 5.
1: They sent me a PlayStation 5 that was the one I had sent away, but I don't know what they did to the inside of it. But regardless, it works now. Now, it did crash on me once while I was playing Ratchet. And I don't know if that was because of Ratchet or if that was because of the console or if it's just one of those things that happens sometimes. But. Returnal was the first game to ever crash on me, and it turns out my system was busted. And then Ratchet just crashed on me the one time, and I didn't lose any progress at all, which was nice. Uh, Well, it deleted my save off my local console, but fortunately it had just backed up to the cloud right before that. So it also, one time I put it into rest mode, and when I came back to it, it was powered off, and I was like a little confused about what that was. I'm going to keep an eye on that, of course, between now and the end of the warranty and see if that happens again. Uh, but it's been fine since then. It's been running. So yes, that is very good to have happen. I, I'm two months behind on anything I wanted to play on PlayStation though.
0: Cool. Well, you're moving in the right direction. so
1: That's right. And uh, I I think that's about it. That's about our show. That's about all we got. Wow. Some lighthearted topics here for you. You know, uh, a little bit of talk about uh, the Spongebob. We got to throw <laughs> in the mix there to make sure that you guys get your... Your weekly, uh, you know, brevity out of us Sweet. as well. There's
0: a, this is the only place you can get SpongeBob, Rugrats, and the Chinese Communist Party in <laughs> one episode. So.
1: Oh man, it it truly is. That's, that's a that's a th- that's a thing. Hey, a reminder: if you want to hear more about SpongeBob, you can. <laughs> if you want to get it ad free and early, you can head over to patreoncom slash Uh Join the club. Sign up for as little as a dollar a month. That's like between 20 and 25 cents an episode, depending on how long the month is. Uh, If you want to get it ad free and early, or if you don't even care about ad free and early, you just want to support us fine looking gentlemen here. You could even say we're handsome if you wanted to. Mm -hmm. You could do that. And uh, we would really appreciate it. Also, uh, if you want to join our discord, hang out and chat with us. Sometimes it's really busy in there. Other times it's really dead. But either way, if you throw out a question, chances are, or like a question or a comment, or you want advice on the game or uh, you, you need somebody to send you a feet pic- No, wait, we don't do that anymore. Uh, just head over to handsomefandom.com slash Discord and uh, check out check out the Discord, what we got going on there. It's a good time. Yeah. Dave, thanks for hanging out tonight. Even though, you know, Brandon and Phil are slackers.
0: I appreciate you being here. I enjoyed my time. Thank you for having me. Yeah, dude, for
1: sure. And uh, we'll see you next time. This podcast is brought to you by our producers over at patreon.com. You can be a producer by visiting patreon.com slash handsome phantom. Adaholic, PassivePixels Edwin Castillo, Fusebro, Boots, Poot, Jared, Felix Check, Josh Cummings, Edward Walton, Charles Peterson, Toby Ryland, Straw Hat Ninja, Michael J. Sutherland, Jared Cavalero, Jason Canham, and Kevin Lucas.